It's the 30th of November, 2021. So we have this opportunity now. So we should use that. We should set our hearts on having mindfulness, knowing this breath, knowing the in-breath, knowing the out-breath. So this breath is something which flows throughout the entire day right from when we wake up until when we sleep, and then even then when we're sleeping, it still goes on. And so we're all aware that uh, this body, it needs this breath, it depends upon this breath, and the oxygen that it gives us. And this oxygen is always nourishing this body. And so when we breathe in, uh, we take in this oxygen, it goes into the lungs, And then that uh, purifies the blood, and the body is able then to reuse the same blood. And it gets sent to the heart, and then the heart pumps it throughout the entire body. And so likewise with the food that we eat, the body digests that, and we take it in, and it goes to the blood and gets sent around the body. And um, so the elements within the body they depend upon each other in this way. And if just one of those elements um, changes, then sickness arises. So we've come to study the Dhamma, to practice the Dhamma, and our bodies are still capable of doing this. They're still able to sit, they're still able to walk, so we should try and do that. We should try to do walking meditation. Um, they still can support our practice of sitting in meditation. And so we should sit in meditation because the sankharas, this bodily condition, um, is still supporting us in that way. We can do the morning chanting, the evening chanting. Our bodies are still able to make sounds. And so we should use this um, well because the future is not sure. And we have deterioration as something that's normal for us. Just like we chanted before, that we have old age as something that's normal for us. Sickness and pain is something that's normal for us. And death is also normal for us. And so this, these things being normal, it's something that's easy to say. It's something that's easy to chant. This is normal. This is normal. But for those who have wisdom, they're able to accept this normality as well. So there was once a Brahmin called Dika Naka Brahmin, and his name Dika Nama Naka means uh, one or a Brahmin of uh, who had long nails, and he was a nephew of Sariputta, uh, who was the right-hand disciple of the Buddha, the foremost disciple in wisdom. And he had, this Brahmin had this view. It was deeply ingrained within his heart, which was that the things that he liked, that he wanted to get those things. The things that he didn't like, he didn't want them. And he had this view in this way, and probably everyone um, has this kind of view, that we all want things that we like. But is that possible to just get that? Right from the time that we were born, 
or even before we were born while we were in the womb, we have all experienced things that we didn't like. And perhaps our mother ate something that was very spicy, and then the baby in the womb starts to wriggle, because the food that the mother takes in that gets sent to the child as well, and the child doesn't like it. And so that's just one example. So those people who have views like this, they're incorrect views, and they become a cause for suffering to arise. So since we're born into whichever life we get born into, then we want the things that we find pleasant, and so we go about seeking those things out. The things that we find unpleasant, then we don't wish to get those. But when we have to get them, then we suffer. And like we don't, none of us like to associate with people that we dislike. We don't like to work with people that we dislike. And this becomes a cause for suffering for us when we have these kinds of views. So if we don't have wisdom, then we won't be able to straighten out or correct our views. But for this Brahman, he had the fortune, he had this karma to be able to understand the Dhamma. And he also had a lot of merit. And we see that he was the nephew of Venerable Sariputta, the right-hand disciple of the Buddha, so he must have had a lot of merit to be his relative. And he went up uh, Vulture's Peak to try to find a place where no one had died before, and he wished to die in that place. And so I'll give um, a bit of explanation here, expand on this a bit, uh, that this shows that this Brahman, this Diganaka Brahman, he had accepted already that he will have to die for sure. And he wanted to die in a place where no one had died before, a place that was pure for his body to rest finally in. So that shows that he desired purity. It shows that his mind was very good, very bright, that he had the energy of samadhi there present within his heart already. And so this isn't um, within the scriptures. It doesn't actually say this. But you can see that in order to get this, he must have had samadhi already. He must have trained in samadhi. And this is something that many teachers were teaching at that time, the time of the Buddha. Many people had an understanding of the practice of samadhi. This is something that was taught uh, before the Buddha uh, arose in the world. And for the Buddha himself, while he was a bodhisattva, he had teachers who taught him jhana. And so samadhi is something that's very important and it's something that we all train ourselves and practice in every day. We try to sit in meditation, walk in meditation, trying to establish our mindfulness and trying to bring about peace within our minds. And so Dika Naka Brahman, he had peace within his mind and he went up Vulture's Peak and he met the Buddha there. And so we see that the Buddha mentioned that samana nancha dasanang, that seeing a samana is one of the highest blessings. 
And the summoner that he saw, it wasn't just any old summoner, it was the foremost, the highest summoner, the Buddha. And no one could equal him. And so he had great merit to be able to meet with the Buddha. And so he explained to the Buddha that he wanted to find a place where no one had died before, and he wanted to die there himself. And the Buddha knew this already. And he also could see through his knowledge that this Brahman himself had died, our bulk to speak, before in previous lives. And so he told him this, that Brahman, you yourself have died here many, many times already. And he, this Brahman easily believed what the Buddha said, and partly because uh, Venerable Sariputta was his uncle, and partly because he had this very deep faith in his heart in the Buddha. And so he was able to accept the words that the Buddha said to him, and felt this deep sense of disillusionment, um, this sober dismay that he wanted to find a place uh, that was pure, that no one had died before, but he wasn't able to do that. He himself had died there before. And so he thought, well, people, we get born into these lives, we're born like this, we die like this, over and over again. And he could see how this was great suffering, the cycle of birth and death. We have to be born, we have to die, we have to get born again, we have to die again. So he tried to find a place up a mountain, um, but he couldn't find a place where no one had died. He himself had died there before. And so that's not to say just flat land. If we're talking about the, the flat land, then he must have died countless times there. And so his mind came together, gathered together into stillness and to samadhi. And the very least he must have needed a still, peaceful heart to be able to understand this. And so the Buddha could see that his mind had gathered together, and then he went to ask him about his views. He said, Brahman, what views do you hold? And the Brahman responded that I have the view that the things that I like that I want to get those things. The things I don't like, then I don't want them. And so the Buddha, he was the foremost teacher of both devas and humans. And so he taught this Brahman very straight. He said, old age, do you like that? Sickness, pain, do you like those things? What about death, do you like that? And so the Buddha, he knew that he didn't like these things, and the Brahman responded as such. And then the Buddha asked him, well, you don't like these, but will you get them? And the Brahman said, well, sure, I, I have to get them. And so he said, well, when you don't like this old age, this sickness and death, but you receive it, are you going to experience happiness or are you going to experience suffering? And so the Brahman, he listened to the Buddha teach this, and he contemplated his words, and realized that he would have to suffer for sure, because he didn't like these things, and then upon getting them, then he would have to suffer. So the Buddha taught that 
him that this view that you just want to get the things you like, the things you don't like, that you don't want, this view is incorrect. It's inappropriate for you to hold this kind of view. This is something that you should abandon. And the Brahman, he contemplated this and his mind immediately gathered together. He was able to accept these words. In the beginning, he accepted that he would have to die. And so he went to find a pure place to pass away. Uh, But he couldn't find any place that even he himself hadn't died before. And so that was enough. Uh, But he could now see that if he couldn't accept old age, sickness and death, but he received those things, then he would have to suffer. And so he managed to change his views, to see that these things are normal. And just like how we chanted before, that old age, sickness and death are normal for us, that we're not able to be freed from them, not able to escape from them. And if we can see really normality in this way, then that means that we've seen the Dhamma. But what about us? Do we understand this? We understand in the sense that we've chanted it. We understand, but our understanding isn't deep. It's not clear. And so how can we bring about this deep knowledge, this deep understanding? Well, we need to practice. We chant these things. We keep on chanting them every day so that we don't forget them, so that we can remind ourselves about them so that we can um, kind of stir up this knowledge and that we need to get old, we need to experience sickness, we need to die. And that we should hurry up to create goodness, that we can still sit, so we should, we can still do walking meditation, so we should, so we can still do good deeds, so we should do these things. We can still perform skillful actions, And so we should do these because we know that we need to die. So we create goodness and we also train ourselves as well. Being generous already, being virtuous already, we need to come and train ourselves in mindfulness as well in order to make our samadhi firm. And when our samadhi is firm, then we'll be able to look into this nature of old age, sickness and death and be able to accept it. So there were some times uh, before that when I contemplated uh, the nature of this, of old age, sickness and death, that it wasn't correct. This is a kind of contemplation that I would do very frequently, but at times it was incorrect. And sometimes the feeling would come up that, well, I need to die, so what's the point in doing anything? What's the point in helping to clean, uh, to sweep, to mop? I don't want to do any of these things because I'm going to have to die. What's the point? But that's a way of recollecting, of contemplating that's incorrect. It just makes one depressed. And so if that happens, then we know that it's not right. What we're after is a sense of disillusionment, a sense of uh, dismay that brings up a feeling that we really want to create goodness. 
But if we don't want to create goodness, that's not right. If we're starting to get depressed, that's not correct. And so we should train ourselves in this well. Perhaps we see someone who's died or know about someone who's died and then we can bring that knowledge within ourselves that I too must die. And this can bring our hearts to stillness, to peace. And then as we carry on practicing and we gain a, a true knowledge and then we see that really no one dies, the mind gathers together and we're able to see how There's no me, there's no them. There's just these natural elements that change according to causes and conditions. And they're constantly changing in this way. So when we see the Dharma, this is how we see it. For us, we haven't been born during the time of the Buddha, but we have been born during the age of the Dhamma. During the age of the Buddha, this was when the Buddha could teach. But this present age, this is when the Dhamma teaches us. This is the time of the Dhamma. And this Dhamma is the Dhamma of the fully self-awakened Buddha. And so we've been born in time for this, in time to listen to these teachings, to listen to the discourses of the great teachers to be able to read the scriptures. And so we do this, we listen to these teachings, but we also listen to the Dhamma uh, from studying nature as well. And perhaps we see someone who's old, someone who's sick, someone who's died, and then we bring this within ourselves, that I too must get old. I must too grow sick, I also must die. And then one day when the mind gathers together, becomes peaceful, and then we'll see the Dhamma. And seeing the Dhamma is something that's very profound, very amazing. And so, when we can see the Dhamma, and when we can uh, recollect these things in this way, and that I too must be like this, I too must die like this, then eventually we'll see how really it's no one that dies. And that we see people walking around, and it's just like robots running on AI. And that really there's no person there. Just like how we chant, there's no being, and there's no individual, no self know them. And we see it like this. And we wonder, how is this even possible? I didn't think that this would be possible. Before we saw everyone as being people, as being beings, as individuals, as being us or as them. And we hold on to this, the sense of I, self and other. And this is something that, this is a way that we've looked at people ever since we were born. But when the mind becomes peaceful, we'll see that really these things aren't there. And right here at this point is where we see the Dhamma. When we do this, then we gain this great clarity um, into the teachings of the Buddha, and we don't have any doubts at all. And then we 
really hurry up to practice because we've seen this already. We're quick to get on this path and to practice. Before, perhaps we were slow, perhaps we dallied around, but now we're really fast. And we know that if we don't hurry up, then perhaps we won't get there in time. Perhaps old age, sickness and death will get us first. And so we do a lot of goodness, we're not heedless. We sit in meditation, we walk in meditation, we create these good deeds. And so the joy arises within our hearts and fills up our hearts and becomes a noble inner wealth. So for us practitioners, we all have faith. And this is something that's not easy to gain, not easy to find. People who have faith to make offerings. And so I talked with uh, some lay people this morning and they said that they had to get up at 5 a.m. or even 4 a.m. to start cooking the rice in order to be able to offer that to the monks on arms round. And some people travel from very far away uh, and come here to offer food to the monks on arms round. And those people who are overseas, many of them offer money to the kitchen uh, so they can make food for the monks. And so all of these people are heedful. All of you are supporting, helping to offer the requisites to the monks. And for the monks having gained these things, we should practice, we should use that, because we have all we need already. And so we should really do this, do this practice. And if we do this, then one day we will see the Dharma clearly, see into the nature of conventions, and then see into liberation, and uh, see how, see anatta, is really no, is not self. And so when we see all things um, as being conventions, and we see the Dhamma in this way, we see anatta in this way. And so we should put our efforts into this, and don't get involved in doubting, because doubting is something that just comes and goes, it arises and ceases, and really there's no me, and there's no them either. They're all the same. The elements in this body, they're all the same. Our bones are just the same as other people. And so we think in this way, we contemplate in this way. And But delusion can also come up very quickly. It appears very fast. So we need to try to bring up knowledge that can be equally as quick and use our wisdom to be able to contemplate into anicca, dukkha, anatta, and to change stress and not self. So may all of you put your efforts into this, may all of you be heedful, and may you set your hearts on this. <laughs>